from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I'm Seth Kaiser with The Athletic, and you're hearing my voice, which means you know it is mailbag time. It's going to be a very abbreviated episode tonight, um, unfortunately due to uh, some some tragedy that occurred in a friend's life. I, I'm a little short on time today, and so I will be having it be a short and sweet episode. Um, but, you know, it's never a bad day to talk Chiefs, no matter what's going on in the real world. That's one of the beautiful things about sports, is that we have this opportunity to focus on something that is meaningless, but it becomes meaningful through our caring and through, uh, frankly, comfort and happiness that it can bring us, especially when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to roll through fast and furious as many as possible. Let's do this. Stone Cold Mahomes Jones, Bronco Raider Killer. Uh, Raider Killa, sorry. Uh, that's a heck of a name. He says, is all the off-season coverage and hype a recipe for a letdown? Sure. Uh, anytime you get your hopes up, there's possibility of being let down. That's why I think some fans are more cynical, because if something great happens, they'll be happy. Um, they'll be pleasantly surprised, but if something bad happens, they will have the ability to say, oh, I knew this was coming anyway, and then they'll have a certain kind of satisfaction that comes from that. So yeah, it's a recipe for a letdown for sure, because this year, if the Chiefs fall short of the Super Bowl again, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. Even if they get into the Super Bowl and lose, a lot of people will be disappointed. Never mind that we would have killed for that a few years ago. So yes, it's a recipe for a letdown, but this is that good a team. Joel Hamilton asks, after you get stopped two times this year by the Broncos, how will you survive? Joe, bless your heart. If the Broncos beat the Chiefs and stomp them twice this year, I don't know. I guess I will somehow... Some way managed to make it through. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. It's so ridiculous. Uh, Megabyte asks, I heard that Garrick Dieter has been working out with Tyreek. Um, yes, that is true. If Dieter makes the team, could he be the vocal leader of the wider series that Conley was? I don't think he's going to be. Mostly be in part because I think, generally speaking, the vocal leader of the receivers is usually someone who plays a more po- prominent role. Like any other position group, I think probably the more vocal leader might be Watkins at this point, or maybe Hill, depending on how exactly that goes down. That's not really his thing. doesn't really seem like his personality. But frankly, I think as far as leaders in the receiver room, I think basically Pat Mahomes is the leader of that offense, and Travis Kelsey is his co-captain. I think them and Mitch Schwartz, those are the guys on offense. I don't really know if you need necessarily that loud voice in the receiver's room. Uh, angry old fetus said, what would be the best fact about Mahomes if Ruzi won't slip into the role of an average QB? I live in Pat's country my whole life, been a Chiefs fan since I started watching football. How I became a Chiefs fan is a good story though, I need something to shut up Pat's fans. Um, I mean basically the reality is, Tom Brady thinks that Mahomes is awesome. And so you can ask them, do you think Tom Brady knows anything about football? Cause Brady told Mahomes that he thinks he'll be back. Uh, he, he said that he thinks Mahomes is legit. So you can ask them if their lord and savior Tom Brady doesn't know anything about football. AK asks, do you think we will eventually see a lot of McColl and Ty on the field together? I think that depends. Um, it's an extremely difficult offense to master your first year, and Hardman's going to be in a tough situation. And with Hill playing a role, and yes, we're going to talk about the Tyreek Hill stuff a little bit here. Um, with Hill playing more of a role than I think some of us anticipated a few months ago, um, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to get on the field. That said, Hardman is extremely fast. He has great feet. And I think he's got a good instinct for the game. So I think he could get on the field. And I, I gotta tell you, um, a receiving trio of Watkins, Hill, and Hardman is one of the fastest that I've ever heard of. And that's even leaving out Robinson, who can really run in his own right. 
Uh, Chief in Texas asks, how many different players score a touchdown this year over under last year's number? Uh, I'd say about the same. I think nine or ten at least. Um, Mahomes does love to spread the ball around. Wesley Clausen says, in comparison to modern superstar quarterbacks, do you think Mahomes' dynasty will be more like the Seahawks, Colts, Packers, perennial playoff team with one Super Bowl winner? Do you think we'll rattle off a couple Super Bowl wins, maybe resemble the Patriots' dynasty? I don't know if anyone will resemble the Patriots' dynasty. That has more to do, in my opinion, with Belichick than Brady. I think Brady's a great quarterback. I think without Belichick, I think he'd have one or two rings if that, um, I'm, I'm putting myself on there with Bernard Pollard, but I just, I think, I think Belichick is the main reason for their success. Although Brady is obviously a huge part of it, so I don't think they're going to be able to rattle off what the Patriots dynasty has done. But I do think that Mahomes is a guy that's going to win a couple of Super Bowls. I very much do. Uh, Tyler McBean asks, "What is a realistic Tyreek Hill contract?" At this point, it just depends on what the team knows. If they believe everything about his side of the story then it shouldn't really affect it too much other than the public image stuff. And maybe there's a, you know, a bad decision tax in terms of you did obviously get yourself into a bit of a mess, regardless of how innocent you think people might think he is of any wrongdoing whatsoever. There are certain aspects of this that are troubling no matter what, no matter how well he was set up. Well, he was set up by someone he chose to be around, and I understand relationships and all that stuff, but it is complicating in that that you're not entirely sure that he won't put himself in a tough situation again, even if you have the opinion that he's done absolutely nothing else wrong. So I don't think an Odell contract is on the table. I think you might maybe something more like a Watkins contract might be what you see. Uh Corbin asks, chicken or egg, which came first? I'm a Nazarene, so the chicken. Uh Hugo asks um, most are expecting Mahomes will get a record-breaking contract next year. Knowing Jones, Hill, and Foley will be free agents in 2020, who are you letting go of next year? Um, I'm not, I don't know that they necessarily need to, uh, let go of anyone. Um, it's kind of a, it's a situation where you can make those contracts work. However, by, tr- by not extending Jones this year, you're making a franchise tag necessary next year, and so I I think you'd end up letting go of one of them. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if Fuller has a great season, and I think he might. Um, that's going to be a tough decision that they have to make. That's why I believe they wanted to get Hill and maybe even Jones done this year, but there's been hiccups with both. And so there's just not much that can be done about that because you can't make someone sign a deal on the dotted line if you're not able to agree with the money. And so, well, I guess we'll see. Um James McGregor asks, at the end of Return of the Jedi, do you prefer young or old version of Force Ghost Anakin and why? I don't know. I mean, the guy who played Anakin kind of bugged me, so let's go with old Force Ghost. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to pile through here as quickly as possible, uh, and yeah, we'll see how many questions we can get to. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, and get rewarded. All right, we are rolling through the mailbag as quickly as possible. Um, Drew Thome, Thome asks, who has a bigger role in the team between Armani Watson and Juan Thornhill? Uh, also between Reggie Ragland and Darren Lee, I think Thornhill and Lee, respectively. I think Thornhill gets the starting free safety nod. I think he's a little bit better suited for a deep safety role, and I think that's what they need. I think Armani Watts will be the third safety if he's able to beat out Sorensen. And I think he's got a good shot at that. I do think that the third safety will play a smaller role in this defense, though. Um, between Reggie Ragland and Darren Lee, I think Lee, because I think Lee will win the will spot. And I think he'll be on the field on passing downs, and I don't think Reggie Ragland will be. Um, 
Stags asks, who is the surprise cutters of now besides Robinson? I see this being Sorensen or Tremont Smith. I think Sorensen or Tremont Smith are, are guys to look for. Uh, I think the new coaching staff probably likes Sorensen would be my guess, but that's just because coaching staffs always seem to like Sorensen. Um, he's a veteran. He's been in, on, with the team for a while. So I don't know. Sorensen would be a guy, though, to keep an eye on. And that would be probably maybe Xavier Williams might be a guy to take a look at that could be a surprise cut as well. None of them would be huge surprises. I don't see a huge surprise this year, but I guess we'll find out. Randall Webb says, how big an advantage will it be to have Hill, Watkins, Hardman, and Kelsey on this field at the same time? It's a lot of speed, Seth. Um, it'll be a huge advantage. If you take a look at uh, the All-22, and you don't even really need the All-22, of the Colts playoff game, for example, it was very obvious from the get-go that the Chiefs were just too fast for them. It was just way too much speed, and their defense wasn't going to be able to handle it. Not with the strategy that they were employing with cover two, zone looks. It just was never going to work. And it is, it's a huge advantage. That's one of the reasons why the Chiefs have an advantage over every team, is because other teams, and a fellow analyst, uh, Charles McDonald said this to me once, he said other teams can't practice for their speed. You can't practice for these guys like Kelsey and Hill and Watkins and Robinson and now Hardman. You can't practice for that because no other team has that kind of speed. George Sittleman, thank you for the pronunciation help, George. Who will lead the team in receiving yards this season and why? I think that Kelsey will lead the team in receiving yards this season because I think Watkins will play a slightly bigger role than he did last year, even as Hill plays. I think Hill gets suspended for a couple of games, which will lower his stats a bit. And I think Travis Kelsey's a beast. I think that the presence of Watkins and Robinson and Hardman will eat into Hill's stats just a little bit, and I think Kelsey's going to have a monster year. Um... Let's see. Feels bad asked another Hardman question. You guys are really all about Hardman today. What do you want to expect to see from Hardman this season? Could he potentially replace Sammy down the road? I like Sammy, but his contract is pricey. Uh, that's a lot to ask. The team really likes Sammy. Uh, what I want to see from Hardman this season is improvement as the year goes along. I want to see good routes. I want to see a demonstration of understanding how NFL defenses work. I want to see him adjust to the ball in the air and show that he's a legitimate deep threat, not just a fast guy. Um. Sean Mesa, oh man, all you did was compliment me, Sean. You said some very, very kind things. Well, I really appreciate the kind word, Sean. It, it's been a crap day, and that made it a little bit better. Uh, Farron Peterson asks, how many games does Tyreek get suspended? Zero or zero? I suppose this is a good place as any to, um, to, to chat about Tyreek Hill for just a minute or two. When the, when the audio recording first came out, the one that we now know was, was essentially edited uh, and clipped, um, by, by KCTV5, which, you know, for the record, their sports department, Danny, Tom, I don't blame them for what happened there. Uh, I don't think that, uh, they, they made it really clear they didn't know. Um, I called for Hill to be released because I thought, wow, this is just, this sounds like a completely unrepentant monster. Um, and I never really thought the word monster. I kind of did a long tweet thread about it just saying, I want to see the best possible result for his kid, and if he is in this place where he's still completely unrepentant and completely like this, the way that that recording made him out to be, then he needs more help than he can get while he's still succeeding in the NFL. With all the information that's come out now, I, I don't think what I thought was accurate, and that was on me. That That's a mistake that I made, taking less than half the information and assuming that I knew a full story, and I know better than that. I've seen too many things in the legal field to have any excuse for just... Um, popping an opinion out there without really knowing exactly what's going on. And that's this has been one of the weirder and sadder um, cases that I've ever seen in the NFL in terms of everything that's going on. I would just say 
that there are a lot of cases like this where no one really knows what's happening or what has happened. And the only two people that know, it basically becomes, you know, they all, the old adage, he said, she said, and you have no idea who to believe. And I would just tell you that if you know a good social worker or if you know a good county attorney or a good child protection attorney, give them a hug sometime because we do face these situations. I face situations where I have my clients swearing up and down that something is true and I have to ask myself, man, is that true? And I do the best I can regardless, but it's tough when you don't know who's telling the truth. And as things go along, it does look more and more like Hill does have, I think, some of his issues of his own that he needs to deal with, but it does look more and more like he was more involved in an unfortunate situation than the cause of it. Um, not that he doesn't bear some responsibility. I think he does as an adult, but it's been a tough one. And so I, I should not have thrust an opinion out there without having all the facts, and that's on me. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the chief signed Hill to an extension at a certain point. I don't think it'll be a record-breaking a record breaking one anymore, but I do think it'll be a sizable one. And I don't think the backlash is going to be as bad as they think after everything that's coming out lately. So that's where I'm landing on all that. We're going to take another break, and we are going to try to finish strong and answer at least 15 more questions. We're going to get crazy. It's going to be fun. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock. That's grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. All right, we are going to finish strong down the stretch. Um, Adam Cole asks, who do you think will be our kick returners? Will be the same as last season? I think probably Hardman, uh, because I do think Tremont Smith has a risk. But I think Hardman's going to be the main guy there. Um, Nick Russell asks, why Sammy Watkins, a lizard king, will pass his next drug test? I think Sammy Watkins will definitely pass his next drug test. I think Sammy Watkins, based on his Twitter account and the things that he says, I think he's a very free thinker. Um, do I agree with him, like, from a theological standpoint? No, I don't. But, you know, I think we spend a little too much time as a culture, to be perfectly honest, basically trying to make fun of people for saying things that are a little bit weird. You know what? Live and let live, I'd say. Just kind of, okay, you believe things that I think are a little weird, but what are you going to do? That's how I feel about Sammy Watkins. It sounds like he's a good dude. sounds like he loves his family. sounds like he's never gotten himself in any trouble. So the fact that he believes things that I don't believe just doesn't bother me that much. Jason C. Phillips asks, would you rather have a lifetime supply of free Tombstone pizza delivered to you by Anthony Sherman in Jorts or the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year? Um, well, you know, that would have been a very, 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 very difficult decision for me a few months ago before Tombstone Pizza changed their recipe, which is one of the five worst things to ever happen to me. Um, not that their new recipe is terrible, but they changed the sauce, and Tombstone Pizza sauce was tremendous. And they, uh, you know what? I'm going to get worked up. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want to do it. I want to get worked up. Because it was a tragedy. I was so sad I live-tweeted it. It's a very weird thing. Now I'm currently live-tweeting my my switching from one type of pen to another. So you guys have really followed me all along on a series of weird adventures, and I appreciate that. Uh, I would love to see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, because if I had a lifetime supply of free Tombstone Pizza, even as awesome as it would be having it delivered by Sherman... I would gain 500 pounds, and so I just want the team, the the team to win it all. And for I just want to write, how badly would you, how much would you guys love reading a a quarterback breakdown of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? How much would you love to read an offensive line breakdown, a defensive line breakdown? I would love to break down every single player in a in a Super Bowl win. I would love it, and I think you guys would enjoy it too. 
Uh, Jonathan Talia Farrow asks, we've heard that Bob Sutton's defense is one, far too predictable for our opponents, and two, far too complicated for some of our defenders. Example, linebackers. Can you flush out the nuance that helps explain how both are true at the same time? I'm actually, if you're interested, and I I, I, I plug the athletic occasionally as a joke, but I am starting a, a series called Chiefs University, where we're kind of going over some of the things that I think could happen this year. It's going to be like eight to ten articles, and I've done offense and defense 101. They're already there at the athletic. I think there's like a 40% sale going on right now. You can subscribe for like three bucks a month. Anyway, check those out because I'm talking about some of these things. And one of them, so let, let's let's sift this around just a little bit. There are different aspects to playing defense, and some of them are schematic. Some of them are, are what you're trying to read as a defender. So here's what I would say. I think Bob Sutton's defense was in places complicated and in places schematically simple. But complicated doesn't mean schematically complicated necessarily. I have had conversations with linebackers from that system. And what they told me is that Sutton required them to read, um, for lack of a better term, the leverage of the defensive lineman before picking a gap to go to, not necessarily even, it was, is essentially being responsible for multiple gaps as a linebacker. Well, the problem is, when you, you're already trying to read what direction the play is flowing, you're already trying to read the blockers, then you're trying to read the defensive lineman and where he's going, that is a lot of reading to do, and I think that's where you saw um, some of the problems with the inside linebacker, some of the hesitation issues, and that was consistent across the board, except for Derek Johnson, who was one of the most instinctive and fast players to ever play that position, and then once he lost a step, even it wasn't quite enough anymore for him, even his instincts. And so, by complicated, I think, I wouldn't say it was schematically complicated for the linebackers, I think it was complicated in the sense of he had them thinking too much about reading what was in front of them rather than just saying, all right, here's the deal. If they run the ball right, you've got the A gap. If it's a zone stretch, blah, 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 whatever, then I want you to go where the C gap would be. Whatever, right? Fill that. And I think that's what they're going to go to this year. Uh, I think you had that situation where they were being asked to to look at too many things on a run play while still being very schematically simple as a passing defense. I hope that clears things up. Just a little bit. Um, Arrowhead Fanatic asks, when the Chiefs and Colts play in Arrowhead, Justin Houston is going to be amped. How big a game do you see him having against Fisher? I am very, very afraid of that matchup. Um, Houston, as a very physically strong individual, is the exact type of matchup problem that, that, that gives Fisher issues. My hope is that practicing against Frank Clark will help out, but Fisher's been practicing against Houston and Ford for years. So we'll see. I hope it goes okay, but yes, Houston's going to be amped for that one, and that's going to be a tough game regardless. Um, let's see here. We've got a few. We've got a bunch more questions. I apologize. Stacy Meyer asks, when will they res- they sign Chris Jones? I don't know. I, every day that goes by makes me a little more worried. Um, I'm hoping that the lack of news is good news, but if he really is looking for Fletcher Cox money, I'm guessing that it's not going to get done. And I'm guessing they're going to have to wait another year because the reality is if you want to get paid a year early, you got to get paid a little less, kind of like Travis Kelsey's contract. That's how it goes. And if he's not willing to do that at this point, which is fine, I'm in favor for him getting as much money as possible. If if, if that's not something he's willing to do, it's just not going to work. So we'll see what happens there. But I am uh, I'm very, very concerned as to what's going on with that particular situation, because I think Jones is a guy that you can build around. All right, we've got time for like one or two more questions. I am trying to 
figure out what would be a really great one. Are you a hamburger guy or a cheeseburger guy? Cheeseburger. That one was so easy. I like that one. All right. Let's see. We got time for about two more. Uh, Keith McLean asks, any chance we get a film review on Mark Fields? Do you think he makes the 53? I've looked at a little bit of Mark Fields' film. There's not quite enough there for me to really draw a conclusion. Um, you know, he, he got benched and then not benched. I think he's an incredibly physically talented player, but anytime you have someone that physically talented that things don't completely come together, that concerns me. And I think in those cases, it's often a situation where someone needs to be humbled and genuinely humbled to understand that their physical talent is not going to be enough at this point. And in the, in the pros, especially a corner, it never is just enough to be physically talented. So we'll see. But I do think he's definitely has the talent to make the 53. Uh, final one, Air Mahomes asks, with Mahomes at arm and talent, is Reed going all in this year with the spread offense? Ooh, if only someone at theathletic.com were going to write an article about that in the coming weeks. Oh, wait, I'm going to. So stay tuned for that. Also, second question is Matt House, the anti-spread defense guy, as in do we have the yin and the yang? Um, I don't think he is. I don't think Matt House is, you know, going to prove to be some guru that does things that no one else has seen. Um, but I do think he's an excellent defensive coach that it was a great get for Kansas City, and I think they worked hard to go get him. And so I don't know if he's going to be the anti-spread offense defense guy, but I do think he is a, a a more modern coach who maybe understands the way things are working in the modern game a little bit more. And I think that fits well with Spagnola, who is a little bit more old school, though not nearly as much as, say, like a Bob Sutton. So I think it's a good group of guys they've got in there. That is what I have for you guys today. Again, I apologize for the short episode, but I appreciate your patience. This is one of my very favorite things. I appreciate talking to you guys. Uh, I appreciate your questions and your participation in this. It means a lot to me, even if that sounds silly. It genuinely does. Um, I, I hope you check out the things that Ryan and Chris are doing at their respective sites, RGR Football on YouTube and Chiefs Digest, the stuff that Chris does with Matt Derrick. Um, I, you can check out the stuff I, I do at The Athletic. I, I appreciate every one of you that's come along for the ride. More and more people are, are subscribing, and I've already been overwhelmed by the response of people willing to follow. And then they all like end up liking Nate Taylor better because he's awesome. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but I appreciate you guys. I hope that you are having a fantastic week, and you should be because, you know what, it is a good week to be a Chiefs fan. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.